chapter number 7. John chapter number 7. Many in the church sick. A lot of folks got this flu and chest stuff going on. And then continue praying for Brother Ramsey. He's had this knee replacement. Done real well. But now the numbing's gone. Amen. And uh, you pray for him. He's in a lot of has a lot of struggles with it. So we're just praying God would just uh, help him and heal him in a very well, very real way. So, John chapter number seven and uh, beginning verse number thirty-seven. If you find your place. Let's stand one more time and let's go to the Word of God. John chapter seven, verse thirty-seven. In the last day, that great day of the feast. Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. And he that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this he spake of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Let me just stop here and just say a great hallelujah. The Spirit of God has come, amen? amen. And Jesus has been glorified. But in this time, it hadn't happened. Tonight, with the help of God, I want to preach on, will you be a river or a reservoir? A river or a reservoir? Let's go to the throne of grace and ask God to help us one more time. I'm going to ask Brother Gene, if he would, to please pray. Man, you may be seated. Again, he that believeth on me, as the Scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. The Jewish people as us today, they loved celebrations, they loved holidays. They called their holidays feast. They had three a year. The first was the feast of the Passover. The second was the feast of the Pentecost. And the third was the feast of the Tabernacles. Verse number two tells us which feast this was. Now the Jews' feast of the Tabernacles was at hand. In essence, the feast of the Tabernacle was like Christmas, Thanksgiving, Fourth of July, all rolled up in one for this people. One of the things that would happen, the high priest would go to the pool of Salaam, take a golden pitcher, dip it into the pool, carry it back to the temple, and pour the water on the altar of sacrifice. Isaiah 12.3 says, Therefore with joy shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation. And they would shout and sing and praise God. It is a, a time of, uh, of great joy and holiday. And, and it was in this time that Jesus stood with that royal, uh, resilient voice and cried, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. It was in the middle of these people because Jesus knew something. He knew that even though they were having a celebration, he knew that the next day they would drink from the river of ritual, from a well of religion. In other words, he knew when the feast was over, 
they would go back to the same old fears, same old thoughts, same old fables, same old failures, and the same old frustrations. And what was wrong in that crowd today is what's wrong with the crowd today. And that is this. They have become reservoirs instead of rivers. They were religious. Had all the terminology, had all the words just right. They knew religion. They knew how to do it. And they knew how to do it well. They were ritualistic in a fact that they got all the T's crossed and all the I's dotted. But when it was all over, they was no closer, no more. There was not nothing coming out of them that, was, that, that had any looks of a river. General Booth said this, the founder of the Salvation Army. He said, the chief danger of the 20th century is this, a Christianity without Christ, forgiveness without regeneration, morality without God, a heaven without a hell, and a religion without the Holy Spirit of God. I would like to submit the average Christian, the average Christian who is saved is not at all excited about it. We've lost our joy. And I believe Jesus gives us here four great truths of how we can get it back. I'm glad that he tells them how that they can produce that river one more time. And to be honest, now, now water in the Bible has two meanings. Standing water represents the word of God. Now, but flowing water, moving water represents the Holy Spirit of God. That's the reason why that water becomes such an important part of the Word of God because it represented the Word of God and it represents the Spirit of God. And so he gives us four truths of how to move from being a reservoir to a river. First of all, there must be a personal desire. Notice the first thing that Jesus said. Here's his condition. And the condition Jesus laid down is this. If any man thirst. Now, the Lord didn't say who's empty. My car gets empty, but it's never thirsty. Did you get that? My car can be empty, but it's never thirsty. As a matter of fact, Jesus said, if any one of us here tonight, if any one of us want God, we can have him. He said, if you are thirsty, you can, you can have him. Isaiah said this in 55, 6. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. And we find that, that and the truth is we, we, we don't really appreciate this, this word of being thirsty. 
And, and the reason we don't, because we're part of the 18% of this world that has piped water into our homes. You realize 82% of the world doesn't have a sink or a spout or running water. 82%. And it's hard for us to appreciate the value of being thirsty. As a matter of fact, if you went to the Middle East tonight, you would realize very quickly that your greatest possession, valued possession, was bottled water. Because most of the water there is polluted. Cannot be, you can't drink it. But before we, uh, uh, before we get all of God, we, we, uh, we ought to have, we, we've got to desire it. Psalmist said in 42.1, As a heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? David's crying out. He said, God, I'm thirsty for you. And one of the, way, one of the first things there has to be is there has to be a personal desire for God. You know how I can tell every person here, all of us, exactly how much God you can have. That is this. You can have all of God you want. And the reason we don't is because we have no personal desire for. Uh, Psalmist said this, Oh God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and a thirsty land where no water is. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing? Me and Darlene stopped it the other day and we hadn't eaten all day long and I'm honest, that was some of the best food we'd ever eat. Now here's the problem. I don't know if it was that good or it's because we was that hungry. Isn't it amazing how sweet water tastes when you're very, very thirsty? See, I, I fear that one of the reasons we're not thirsty is because we filled our hearts and lives with the stagnant waters of this world. All, all, the, all of our desires can really be boiled down to just two. I mean, it's, it's very common. One, we all have a desire to be healthy. We want to feel good. We want to live long. We don't want to be sick. And number two, we all desire to be happy. Now, now we don't like this truth, but it's the truth anyhow. And if a person can be healthy and happy without going to church, they're not going to go to church. If they can be healthy and happy without reading the Bible, they're not going to read their Bible. They can be healthy and happy without sharing Jesus. They're not going to share it. If they can be healthy and happy without giving to the Lord's work, they won't give. And the truth of the matter, and here's what's sad. Many are spending, using up an entire lifetime to realize that it didn't work. That they never found what they were searching for. And that was... Being healthy and being happy. You get a, how many, I, I won't ask this, but I guarantee you, if you was around some of your lost family members, they's probably miserable. 
trying to find happiness in where they cannot find it. Amen? And so we find here, there first of all has to be a personal desire. You'll never get more of God than you want of Him. And as long as the desires of this world become more important and greater than the desire for God, that's what your heart's going to give to. Second, there's got to be a purposeful devotion. Notice, he said, if he's thirsty, let him come to me. Jesus said, there has to be a purposeful devotion. Not only did he say, if you're thirsty... If you have a personal desire, I'm going to tell you where to go to get your help. I love that. He doesn't say, if you got a desire, well, mm, I don't know how I can help you, but he, he tells you, here's where you get it. He said, come to me. Notice this. If you want to experience the presence of God in your soul, come to Jesus. If you want to know the person of God in your heart, come to Jesus. If you want to receive the power of God in your life, Come to Jesus. Jesus Christ is the only true source of satisfaction you'll ever find in this life. Well, preach, I don't know if I believe that. Okay, give me this mic. I'm going to invite the wisest, the richest man who ever lived to the platform. Sir, what's your name? My name is Solomon. I gave God, God one day said, Son, what can I give you? And I said, God, give me wisdom and an understanding heart. And God said, Okay. Man, that thrills me so much, Solomon. Let me tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you wisdom like no man has ever had in this world or will ever have. I'm going to do something else for you, Solomon. I'm going to make you the richest man that there's ever been. He said, I'm going to make you rich beyond imagination. Okay, Solomon. Can satisfaction be found? Outside of God and the Lord Jesus Christ? No, Solomon says. Well, how do you know, Solomon? How do you know, Solomon? How do you know? Oh, sir, you don't understand. Hey, folks, you don't understand. I tried it all. I tried it. He said, I tried the wildlife. Notice what he said. I said in my heart, go now. I will prove thee with mirth, therefore enjoy pleasure. Also this is vanity. I said of laughter, it's mad and a mirth. Why, what doeth it? In Ecclesiastes chapter 2, he's testifying. He said, man, I tried the wildlife. Well, Solomon said, oh, you tried? He said, I tried wine. He said, I tried all the wine. I sought my heart to give myself into wine, yet acquainting my heart with wisdom to lay hold on folly, so I might see what was the good for the sons of men. What should they do in the heaven all the days of their life? He said, he said, man, I tried wine. Did it work? He said, no, 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 no. You know what an alcoholic is, don't you? 
An alcoholic is someone who wants just one more drink. You know what a dope addict is, don't you? The one that just wants another fix. He tried work. He tried work. Ecclesiastes 2, 4, I made me great works. I built me houses. I planted my vineyard. He said, I bought everything I could buy up. Notice what he said. Then I looked in verse number 11. I looked on my works that my hands had wrought and on the labors I had labored to do. And behold, all was vanity and vexation of spirit and there was no profit under the sun. He said, I tried wealth. I had the lottery. I didn't have to win it. Are you listening? He said, I tried wealth. I got me servants and maidens and servants from one of my house and great possessions of great small cattle. I got me silver and gold and peculiar treasure of kings and plunders. I got me men singers and women singers and the lights of the sons of men and all the musical instruments and that of all sorts. John D. Rockefeller was the richest man in the world. Someone said to him, how much money is enough, Mr. Rockefeller? He said, just a little bit more, son. Just a little bit more. He tried women. Listen to what he said. And whatsoever mine I desire, I kept not from them. I withheld not my heart from any joy, for my heart rejoiced in all my labor. This was my portion of the labor, uh, uh, of all my labor. Finally, he tried wisdom. He said, I turned myself to behold wisdom and madness and folly. And what can man do? That cometh after the king, even, even that which hath already done. Then I saw that wisdom excelled folly as far as light excelled darkness. And when it all comes, when it's all done, when it was all finished, he said it was vanity of the... You know what he said? He said it was empty, empty, empty. And he said when I got done with it all, I was as unsatisfied as I was when I started. That's what he said. You say, but preacher, um, I don't know why I believe that or not. Then you keep pursuing it. And when, you're, when, you're, when you come to the end, you realize how wasted your life truly was. Number one, he made a personal desire. Number two, a purposeful devotion. Number three, he made a practical decision. And the Bible says, and he said, let him come unto me and notice, and drink. And it's right here where we miss it. Come to the bank of the river. We see the water. We watch the water lap up on the shores. We see the reflection of our face in the water. And yet, we don't drink. God will lead you to the water, but He won't make you drink. Dr. Vance Hebner said, the average Christian is so ignorant of or indifferent to the feeling of the Holy Spirit that when he does realize and receive fullness of power, it truly is a second blessing to him. Many tonight will listen, take notes, say amen in all the right places, and yet never drink. A foreigner here in America saw a water fountain for the first time in his life, and he walked up to it, and he looked at it, and pretty soon he got, got angry, got frustrated, and he said, my gosh, he said, uh, I can't find a knob or nothing. And he started to walk away. 
And somebody said, well, you see that sign there? He said, I can't understand it. He said, stoop and drink. As he stooped, there was a magnetic eye that, like like I have at Walmart, and as he stooped, the water started coming, and, and he was able to get a drink. Oh, maybe that's it. Maybe we need to get back to a place of stoop and drink. But you've got to make that practical decision. That brings me to the fourth thing, and this is really why I want to hang around. A powerful, dynamic principle and truth. Now, tonight, if you get thirsty and a personal desire, now I'm mindful of this. Now listen to me. I'm mindful of this. I'm your pastor. I'm going to love you. But I am, I am so mindful of this. Most a whole lot of folks just have no desire for this. They're going to go tomorrow. They're going to, their, 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 their job is their God. Their money's their God. Their trinkets, their toys, whatever. And, and the truth is, they'll never have a personal desire. I'm going to love you anyway and be your pastor. But you'll never be a river. you just simply be a reservoir. But if you want to be a powerful, dynamic Christian in 2014, here's how you do it. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Now notice what Jesus said. Jesus said, I don't want you to be a reservoir. Now here's where most Christians are. Most Christians are just like this. They come to church and God pours a little in. Hallelujah. Come to another, God pours a little bit in. God pours a little bit in. God pours some in. God pours some in. They take the message. They, oh, my dear Jesus. They take, uh, I'm glad you got, brought me a rag, amen. And they, they, they come in and, and, and they say, okay, preacher, tell me some more. Tell me some more. Tell me some more. Tell me some more. Sunday school teacher, tell me some more. Tell me some more. Tell me some more. Tell me some more. It's all about taking in. You are a reservoir. That's it. You're just a reservoir. Now, in time, if we let that water sit there, it would evaporate. And by the by by Wednesday night, a little of it's going to move out. And guess what? You're going to come back to church again. And guess what? With the help of God and the word of God, we're going to put a little bit more in. And by the next week, it evaporates a little bit more out, and we're going to put a little bit more in. But your reservoir. And that's okay. But the truth of the matter is, it's not changing anybody's life. Nobody's being changed around you because it's all just a reservoir. You've got the, the same water. But what God wants us to... Matter of fact, in Israel today, there is this, this, this illustration that illustrates this better than, than anything else. This would be what's called the Dead Sea in Israel. There's seven, there's seven rivers that run into the Dead Sea. But you know something? There's no outlets. There's no outlets. And because there's no outlets into it, nothing lives in it. 
It simply evaporates. No life there. And, and the truth of the matter is, it's a dead You know why it's called a dead sea? Because it's dead. Now the same water that runs into the other, other places where they've got outlets, same water runs in and there's booming with life. And it's changing so much in the world. But the Dead Sea, because it just simply takes in. And it's always taken in. But it's never an outlet. That's not what God said, I want you to be. Here's what God wants us to be. God wants us to be like this one right here. Amen? We take the water in, hallelujah. And then all of a sudden, praise God. We start flowing out. You know what that is? That's the Sunday school teacher. That's the one singing in the choir. That, that's the ones that would work in, in the nursery. That, that's the ones that are doing something. And, and all of a sudden, you come back to church because you're empty. Guess what? God puts some more in. And guess what? You start flowing again. And you just flow. And no matter, you, you never get totally full because it goes out. And you know what God does? Here's, here's the difference. And here's where some of you are right now. And I love you. And I'm really trying to help you if you'll just get this. Here's God comes to your life and you say, Well, God, I, I, I want some more of you. I want more of you. And God says, Why? Why? Died. No room there. This room. God, I want more of you. Okay. And pretty soon, God is just going to stay here. And you know what He's just going to do? He's just going to keep pouring it in. And He's going to keep pouring it in. And He's going to keep pouring it in. He's going to keep pouring it in. And you know why? Because when you pour it in, it goes out. And guess what happens? This water here, if it sits long enough, will stagnate. Are you a stagnated Christian? Are you stagnant? Let, let me, let's, let's just test it a little bit. How's your joy? Do you get excited about church? How, who have you witnessed to this week? How, do you get excited? Do you find yourself a singing uh, 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 the songs of Zion? Do you, set, do you, do you get excited? Of, when, do you get more excited about a sale in town than you do your God? You're stagnated. Because... I didn't say you weren't saved. I'm just simply saying you're stagnated. But you know what? No matter how you do it, this right here, bless God, they, he just goes out to go. So God is constantly putting in fresh water. Constantly. 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 Now, you know what? The more holes I put in that, the more outlets I put in that, guess what? The more God's got to pour in. The more God's got to pour in. 
Boy, I get to thinking about sometimes those in our church that, that serve. And boy, we've got a great bunch of people that serve. And, and you know what they do? Those ladies that serve out there, and they, they, they're worn out, they're tired from, from taking care of these patch kids. You know what God does for you on Wednesday night? He said, mmm, I see they, I've been, they've been giving out, so let me give them a little bit more. Let me give them some fresh water. And God gives them a fresh strength. And, and it is amazing how God does that. Now let me tell you a little secret. That's my hose down here at the bottom. What I, someone said, what's the best message you ever preached? The next one. The next one. It may shock you, but you know what I do? Every week, I, I come, I give you everything I believe God's given me. And you know what? Because I'm trusting Him to give me some more come Monday. I'm trusting Him to give me some more for Wednesday and for next Sunday. Now, you're one of two places here. Every person here, all of you are in one of these two places right here. This person has a tremendous joy in serving God because God is always fresh. He's always, he's always fresh. He shocks you. He excites you. It is amazing. It is amazing. It is amazing just this past week how that you become they you, you become this and then just how God just how God just over and over and and no matter how much see here's our fear here's our fear some of you say well preacher I, I would do that but uh, you're gonna burn out you, you know what I, I ain't never seen a person burn out from that never. I've seen a whole bunch of them stagnate here. Get very selfish and self-centered. I'm afraid I'm going to give too much. I'm going to do too much. And I'm going to run out. Now what you don't you don't believe that God has got the picture. If you could believe that God has the picture, you would believe that God is able to just keep feeling and keep feeling and keep feeling and keep feeling. That's the great secret. Yes. I, I preached a five-week meeting once. It's been years now. And to be honest with you, my concern was at the end of five weeks, I'm going to be wore out. I preached every single night. By the end of five weeks, I, I'm going to be I'm going to be worn out with preaching. I'm going to be worn out physically I'm going to be worn out with the whole thing and I found out something shot me to no end when I come to the last night of the last meeting the fire burned greater and brighter I was more excited about preaching I couldn't wait to I had more strength and I was more excited about preaching than I ever was in my entire life and I had preached for five solid weeks I just didn't see that big old picture up there that just kept pouring it in. Now, why don't we do this? We don't believe God's got a picture. We don't believe
God's got a picture. He that believeth, that believeth. Notice what he said. He that, that believeth. Some of you don't believe that God's got the picture. So you know what you do? You hold on to everything you have. Because you don't believe he's got the picture. You believe you've got to control this. You've got to take care of this. Uh, uh, it, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing what God's done for some folks in our church this Christmas. I, I, I know personally uh, 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 an individual here. Matthew, come here and help me. Let's fill my God back up. Amen. Without making a mess. Pour that back in that for me, would you? That way they'll talk about you bad if you make a mess. Hey, and I, when I'm talking about me. Oh my gosh. Oh dear Lord. Oh my goodness. <laughs> There's a precious lady in our church. And I'm going to tell you, she's, I, I've known her for years and you know what she is? She, she's one of these. Oh my goodness, she's one of them. She's one of them. She's constantly been one of them. Constantly. All of her life. It's not something she does, it's the way she lives. She she's just she's just like that right there. And it's absolutely amazing. But her children bought her a brand new car. How'd that happen? God moved some youngins to say. And God said, no, that's me. That's my picture. Let me pour some more in. And there's a whole lot. Now, now let me just say this. I don't find here where God said, you got to be talented. Hallelujah. I didn't say God said you had to be good looking. Most of us wouldn't make it. I didn't find where God said we had to have a lot of money. It didn't, it didn't take that. I, didn't, I don't see where God said you got to be some kind of this or that. God just said this. God said if you believe, if you believe that I'm the one that can do it, if you believe that I can do this, He said, then I want you to know, He said, if you'll be an outlet. Teacher, don't quit teaching that class. Now, I need to help you. I love you. And I know because I've heard this too many times from too many of you. I need to, to change a perception that you have is probably wrong. Well, preacher, I tell you what's the truth. If God leads me, can I ask you a question? Come unto me. And if God leads me, uh-uh. Come unto me and drink. Do it. When opportunity opens up for you to be this, do it. Do it. You say, well, what if it ain't scriptural? You'll know if it ain't scriptural. If you're invited to sing in the choir this year, get up and sing. Okay, okay, okay. Okay. If you're invited to, 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 to be an assistant in the class, okay, okay, where, where is it? You, you, because it ain't about you. 
If it's about you, you stay here. But if you believe this, then go do it. Amen. And when you go to teach, and when you teach and it comes out, you know what God's going to, you teach the first Sunday and say, man, what am I going to do the next Sunday? And you run to God and say, God, what am I going to do? God said, I got the picture. And God gives you some more. And you go and you give it out the next, and then you say, oh man, what am I going to do? I got to teach the next, God, God, got the picture. And, and I'm going to tell you something, you ain't going to exhaust him. You're not going to exhaust him. But you got to believe him. It's not what he does. It's him. It's him. He said, if you believe in him, he said, you'll be, he said, flowing out your belly be rivers of water. Now, here's, here's, here's when it all comes down to this. You can remain a reservoir all your life. Say, going to heaven, God love you. I'll love you. The church will love you. But you'll just be a reservoir. Or you can be a river. And the Lord said, you said, well, how in the world do I start? If any man thirst, let him come and drink. That's how simple it is. We make serving God too complicated. We're afraid that God's going to ask us for this. We're afraid we can't make it without this. Our own water, our own work, our own doings. Oh my goodness. My goodness. I think about this all the time. You got the most untalented pastor that ever was. I absolutely hate these preachers that can sing, play a piano, play a guitar. I just absolutely hate that. I'll be honest, they ain't, they ain't nothing, I, I, they ain't nothing in my life that I know of that if I was God, I would use whatsoever. Not a thing. But you know what? The one thing that the reason I get the privilege to pastor is this. God has never asked me for anything. That is, okay. You can beat this, God, but okay. God, you can find better, but okay. That's what you want. And I've lived this. I live this. Right now, I live this right here. Give it out, and God gives more in. Give it out, and God gives more in. Now, which one do you want to be in 2014? A reservoir or a river? So I'll stand to our feet.